The F1 pod on Off The Ball. Surprised by the comments from the FIA that they want more teams and less races. Over the last few years, all we've done is add races. So that less race comment in particular is an interesting Listen to one. the F1 pod on Off The Ball for free, wherever you get your podcasts. The Koi Gig pod on Off The Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Katie McCabe, a huge huge goal very proud of the team's performance we're going to go out there to beat them we're going to try and beat them hello and welcome to the latest episode of the koi gig podcast i am kathy mcnamee and i am joined as ever by former republic of ireland international emma byrne and league winning captain karen duggan Finally, Karen, you have your moment to bask in the glory and you don't need to worry every time I ask you a question about me. I know, I actually don't know what my personality is without the stress of this. (laughs) That's the way it's been my whole personality for the last year. So yeah, I don't know what version of me you're going to get from now on. How were you feeling when that final whistle blew and you knew it was all over that you didn't actually have to stress anymore? There are still two games left as well, we should say. So like you've done quite an impressive feat. Yeah, well, I was just relieved, to be honest, because going into another two-week break, kind of having that time to think about it wouldn't have been great. But yeah, it was unreal. I was I was emotional. It was weird. <laughs> was there a few tears shed? <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw there were some great pictures of you celebrating um, with your parents and stuff, and everyone just looked absolutely delighted uh emma was kind of asking you a little bit before we started recording and i'm going to ask you the same question again what was it that set this group apart this year just how hard we work so like i i mean i don't think i've ever done a pre-pre-season and actually like committed to it but like everyone came into the season and they were just like completely motivated it was a completely different feel because it felt like a rebuild anyway when we were bringing in a lot of young players and it was just a fresh start and everyone just worked their arses off and it worked in the end. <laughs> so like obviously other teams were, they went on, like they went through a lot of change as well um, and they're clicking towards the end of the season. Their performances have probably improved, but we had a really strong start, which, you know, proved to be beneficial. Like we started on top um, and people were still kind of calling us the underdogs, which suited us down to the ground. So mm-hmm. yeah, we enjoy that. Well, that's the funny thing. Cause like when we talked to you going into this season, obviously, as you were saying, there was a lot of changes in the squad. You had Chamber Grover's coming into the league and everyone didn't really know how they were going to show up, especially with the kind of tag of being, you know, a pro team in the league. Is there an added bit of satisfaction? The fact that you were kind of seen as the underdogs and it was a younger team and maybe like, you had like even some players like during the season as well who went on to different things. Does that add like a little bit of extra satisfaction to the win? Yeah, I know I'm supposed to say no and it was just this wholesome thing, but of course it does. I mean, of course it adds to it. Um, Look, we knew that Rovers coming in, they built a really, really strong team and it's going to be hard to compete against them. Um, And similarly, Shells, like some of the additions they've made, particularly with the Americans and Canadians coming in um, they were a bit of an unknown quantity as well but um, yeah we just I, I think it was just different this year games that we would have lost last year um, we we managed to like grind out this year um, so I think fitness levels are a huge thing um, just attitude is really good like if you look at most of our wins a lot of the goals came in the 80 plus minute 
Um, whereas I don't think we would have had that previously and I don't know where that came from to be honest I think once we did it once we kind of felt like we could do it uh, again it added to the stress but exciting all the same added to the stress but all part of the fun and I'm just very glad that I don't have to talk to you at the end of the league in the same way that we did last season where you were just utterly devastated and I felt it felt mean to even bring up the fact that football still existed to you um, so <laughs> When I saw that on Saturday, I was very, very happy for you. Um, fourth time you've won the league, is it? As yeah. a club? Yeah. yeah. And that makes the third time James won it as well, which is the only manager to ever win it three times, which is pretty impressive from a management side. Yeah, really. I'm delighted for James and like the staff and everything. Like We brought in new voices this year. Um, Keen and Brian, they're a huge part of it as well. And I think we needed that as well. I think James will admit it himself. We needed something and the new coaches that came in were brilliant. And when you're up, we upped our training nights as well. So when you have extra contact time, having different voices really does help um, keep things fresh and stuff like that. So yeah, it was a proper group effort. I think James was naming people out in his uh, post-match interview, but it genuinely, without any one of those cogs, like it wouldn't have worked. Say you up to your training nights, was that the amount of nights you trained or the actual training hours you were doing? Yeah, on the amount of nights we trained, yeah. Okay, so it went from... Two to three. Two to three, yeah. <laughs> but plus, Every single you're night. Your, you're doing, obviously, your your gym stuff and your own stuff as well. But, um, yeah, like we, we knew we had to, every other team was doing it, so. Yeah. Emma, any wise words for Karen now that she is a league-winning captain? <laughs> What would I know about that? <laughs> I was never the captain when we won the league. Um, no, just enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. Next season's going to be different. I think you've already said it. It's such a short uh, season. It's very difficult for the teams that have the the new players to mix and to gel and to get going. But um, there was a few cheeky comments on Twitter as well, which I found quite amusing. There's nothing wrong with a bit of banter in that, but I don't know if any of the other teams would have found it that funny, but I thought it was very good. Um, but no, congratulations. It's nice to see as well, because there was a lot of chat, wasn't there, about certain clubs taking your players and... I don't mind that. Like, I, Players are always going to go for the contracts, but it was more so the fact that they thought we'd just implode was the issue I would have taken with it. Like, there's no no problem with girls leaving. Like, it's happened all the way through. And obviously, if you're getting a contract and you have this professional set up, like, I, there's no animosity towards the girls. It was more so, though, the people who thought that without them, we would just completely implode. That was more of the gripe that we had. Tweets were hanging up on the dressing room wall for the entirety of the year. And Karen was just before every match pointing to them being like, don't prove these people right. No, they did my free match speeches for me. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. I meant to ask you, actually, now that you've kind of, well, I know there's still two rounds left, but you've won the league. You said at the start that the pre-match speeches was one of the ones that you were not looking forward to. What were your post-match words when you won the league? Did you give it? Gusto, or was it just lots of screaming and shouting and jumping around the place? No, it was get on the bus. Where's the nearest off license? There's none of that. <laughs> All the talking was done at that point. So it was just time to enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, I was going to point out the horse voice. I was just going to let you let you roll away with it. <laughs> oh yeah, that was from my that was from my pre match speech. Not to do it. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> well, it's nice now because at least you have a bit of time to kind of 
settle into things and enjoy it and you know you can just enjoy the last two games of the season like obviously you want to still win them and go out on that high but it's nice knowing that the result doesn't totally matter for the overall league standings and then I assume there's going to be a big Pima party at the end of it all absolutely is everyone <laughs> welcome 11th PRL Park so is Piemont have like a like as a team? Do you have a place that you go to for celebrations, or is it just kind of like anywhere? We have a big room in the clubhouse that has a okay, stage and stuff. So we'll be staying local, I'd say, and um, mm. try and get all the family and friends out and make a proper big deal of it. Like we were afraid to talk about a night out after the Wexford game in case it like jinxed it. I wouldn't. I didn't even like pack extra clothes. I was like, no, that might jinx it. Like so. Um, now we, up in your boots now we can make a proper plan and make a proper night of it. So I'm um, really looking forward to it. I think like everyone from the club will turn out and it's, it's going to be a really nice occasion. Mm. Well, congratulations. Once again, we're all very, very proud of you and delighted that we get a happy Karen this season Yay. rather than a sad one. <laughs> it is well, well deserved. Um, Emma, we're on the eve of a new international window. How are you feeling? Good. Yeah. Really good, provided that everyone stays fit. And uh, did you see the tackle underneath? Yeah, I just saw before we came on here, I nearly started crying. I was like, get off her. That's, I was like, oh my God, I, I don't care about the card. Is she okay? She's she's like elastic. She she never gets injured. Touch wood, touch wood, she doesn't get injured. Um, yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, I think everyone's in good form. I think everyone's looking forward to coming in, which is nice. And we've been... Um, looking at a lot of games and keeping up with the players, keeping up to date and, and watching them play. So feel really prepared going into this one, actually. So, yeah, looking forward to it. That's good because the one probably came together quite quickly in a way. And now you've had the experience of doing one camp and I suppose knowing and being able to plan the time going into the next one. Yeah, it, it's a, it is very different going into this one, I have to say. Um much more confident in in my own skin going into it. So um, and we're very organized. Eileen's extremely organized. She's very, very um, methodical and everything's in place. And, you know, even obviously even more so this camp. And I feel like that's even going to be even more so in the next camp. Uh, so it's good. It's very nice to work with somebody like that, that is uh, very organized. So, yeah, we we all know our, our roles and our jobs and I feel like everyone's just jumping at the bit to get in there. Mm. What was it that you did between the last camp and this one that made you kind of feel more comfortable in your own skin? Like, was it just getting that extra time to watch games or was it having one under your belt or was it like conversations with other members of the team? Well, I think it's just knowing the team as well, like the staff. No, Like we we're we're all in constant conversation and just you know obviously when you know somebody a little bit better you're you're more confident with them and sharing stuff with them and you know as a team in general I think quite a strong staff in there and obviously the players um but yeah just you know knowing your your role uh, as a coach and knowing the players as well and watching the players whereas I mightn't have seen a couple of the players that were in the last camp so I feel much much happier going in I know every single player and that's on the long list and uh, that's it's really nice Mm. yeah it's good to see a couple of the Irish girls as well scoring at the weekend she had 
and Ryan Doyle, and then Lucy Quinn, Katie McCabe, obviously, which we will talk about a little bit later on whenever we're looking at the WSL weekend as a whole, which, you know, Karen very diligently sat down and watched and uh, forego any and all celebrations. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> no, just was- watch the highlights show 20 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> she was uh she was given full permission to enjoy the league win as i'm sure anyone who listens to the podcast would be more than happy for her as well there was a lot of nice messages into the koi gig twitter account uh congratulating you on the time so i'm sure karen's very grateful for that coming up a little bit later on we will look at the wsl and all the action that happened over the weekend but first we are going to do our team of the week with emma carroll Now we are joined by Emma Carroll for our latest team of the week. This is a, are we into the third round of fixtures now? Week three. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to keep up sometimes. It just seems like there's matches happening all the time. Conti Cup and stuff last week as well. And of course, Champions League in the middle of it all, international breaks. I get kind of confused sometimes. Emma, how did you enjoy this weekend's fixtures? I imagine there was one you weren't all that happy with. No, just don't have them at Anfield anymore. <laughs> doesn't work I think a few Arsenal fans would have said that about the Emirates up until the 94th minute as well at the weekend no just yeah I said about that the better um, I put light ticking goal I'll just get straight into it forget about that <laughs> <laughs> Sophie Howard Rachel Corsi and Neve Charles at the back and then the two ultimate wing backs Heather Payne and Katie McCabe Aaron Cuthbert Jill Rudd and Frank Kirby and then a front two of Mary Fowler and Bunny Shaw couldn't agree more, Emma. Couldn't agree more. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Karen. <laughs> it must have been, I'm, I'm not trying to like push this in any way, but it must have been extra painful to see Heather play, Payne playing as well as she was against you rather than for you, which is what what we like more. Yeah, I did say that last night. It's like, oh, she's having such a good game. Like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, damn it. And then when like you see this starting lineup and Brosnan is actually in goal as well for the first like league game of the season, and you're like, oh, great. But like, do I really want her to have a bad game? Not really. That fingertip save, she just for that alone, like she could have been shout. Unbelievable. Yeah, I don't even think most people realize because I was talking to some of the lads in the office and you're like, oh, that shot that hit off the bar is like, you know, Brosnan got her fingers to that. Like, that was a save. So, yeah, no, she was. Only that she didn't have that much else to do. I yeah. probably would have put her in, but like, <laughs> like to kind of see a bit more to do for Leicester. So, um, and got a much deserved point for Leicester as well. So, important point. Strong city representation as well. Um, I think was it Emma you said a week or two ago that City are looking like one of the better teams in the league now that they have finally settled. And it was great seeing Bunny Shaw getting her brace at the weekend. Yeah. I mean, for me, they're the, the strongest team in the league at the moment. Whether Arsenal can turn that corner, I'm not sure. But it's for me, it was always Arsenal and City who are the, the top teams who can push it. Uh, Chelsea, obviously, are going to be up there because of, because of their individual players. But for me, the the beautiful football teams are City and Arsenal and City are ahead of Arsenal at the moment for that. Um, I would have put Brosnan in, Emma. I was going to say I would have put Brosnan in because I just think in terms of her not starting and then starting, that was a massive, massive game for her and Everton because they had a really poor start to the season. So I would have put her in for the fact that 
Uh, I think this might change their season and I think she will start from now on. And I think because she's starting, Everton are going to be a changed team. So, that, and she that, really that, had Heather Payne's back, which I really enjoyed. I loved that when moment. she went for the ref. I was like, "Come on, girl!" <laughs> yeah, and uh, what I liked about Heather, obviously, she had a really good performance. But what I really liked is how communicative she was and how confident she looked. Like she'd had a good bit to say, and I was like, "Yes, yes." <laughs> We're trying to like drill that in and training like you have to communicate you have to like be strong you have to be authoritative on the pitch and I I thought Heather was brilliant yesterday I thought she really showed that um one of the standout players like a real mature performance from her so glad to see her in um Rachel Corsi I was flipping between her and Dan Turner actually I thought the Villa, apart from when I got to 90 minutes, I thought the Villa defence were really good. Lucy Parker as well was decent enough for Villa. They had a yeah. lot to do. Yeah, I mean, I like Dan Turner as well. It's just, I thought they did well, but then they fell apart, <laughs> basically. Whether they just like literally couldn't run anymore. They were like so exhausted. But yeah, I wasn't sure about Rachel Corsi because she gave the ball away a couple of times towards the end and put her team under a bit of pressure. But maybe it was that, just the heavy legs. Neve Charles also, not sure about that one. I know she set up the goal, but... <laughs> I think Neve Charles has been brilliant for the first three games of the season. I think she's yeah. really improving a lot and shown maturity as well, yeah. Improving, definitely. I thought I thought Pacheco was very good as well um, at, at left back. Um, and I also thought that Laia Alexandria is very good. Yeah. So she can play in there as well. But yeah, Aaron Cuthbert did really well. Frank Kirby, quality, quality defending as well, I thought. <laughs> Mary, it's so nice to see Mary Fowler playing also. Um, but in general, I know she was on the losing side, but I thought Nagano was excellent for Liverpool. Uh, and it's I know it's difficult to put someone like that who's after losing on the team, but I thought she was really, really good. And I also thought Sorensen was good, just to mention these players. Not that they would be in the, the team of the week, but I thought she was excellent. And we love then, a good subs bench on team of the week. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. And then I also thought uh, Assay was very good for West Ham. But yeah. Just to note that. <laughs> <laughs> that's Emma, you're allowed to disagree with things. That's fine. We, we don't mind a little Emma head to head. The only them. major one I would have put Rosnan in there. That's that's it. But I mean, it's hard to argue against Leipzig either. Like she's absolute quality. Slash. It's, it's going to be a season for the goalkeepers. It's a season for the goalkeepers. Absolutely. Well, we were talking about this. I think it was the last show that you missed. And we were kind of saying it was funny how during the World Cup, our conversation was how many times the goalkeepers had, you know, saved various teams. But then there's been some howlers already this season from the goalkeepers. And it felt like we were going backwards in the conversation a little bit. Even when you look at the situation at Arsenal and the debate that's kind of going on there. It just feels like, I don't know. I've, I'm going to be curious to see how it continues on. I love the fact if Brosnan does stay on for Everton, although I'm just slightly sceptical because of how they've used her in previous seasons. Not saying that it's like her talented. Like, mm. I think she should be the starting one, but Everton don't seem to feel like that. You have Leipzig, other great goalkeepers in the league. I'm just, I'm not sure how we've seen it yet from ac- across the spectrum. 
I think it's it's going to be won and lost on goalkeepers. I really do. I think teams that are going to struggle is because they don't have a very strong goalkeeper because at the moment what I'm seeing is they're all quite similar. Again, it's the same the team, the same teams, Brighton, West Ham, uh, even Liverpool I'm putting in there. I think they're quite similar and I think it is going to be the goalkeepers we're talking about. Um, I'm hoping we're not going to be talking about it when it comes to Arsenal, but we were already talking about it with them. <laughs> um, but I think with Everton, I think this is the turning point for Courtney Brosnan. And I think it was very, very obvious that when she's in goal, that the team are more confident. And it just even when it comes to distribution, like... Somebody once said that maybe she's not getting selected because of distribution and they're trying to play and blah, blah, blah. But I thought yesterday she was excellent at that and and a big improvement. So I think we will see her playing. And if we don't see her playing, it's going to be a very strange decision for me personally. So strange. Yeah. The distribution one is also strange because presumably you kind of, you need to be playing with the team so that, you know, you're in tune with how everyone like the movements that they're making and their positions that they're getting in and you're making sure that they're going where you want them to. So yeah, hopefully she does keep playing. Uh, we obviously love seeing her from an Irish point of view. And I also appreciate she's just a very good goalkeeper to watch. <laughs> Emma, thank you very much once again for your team. Thank you. Now we're going to look at some of the fixtures that we had over the weekend. Um, We've kind of touched on some of them already. Arsenal getting that very late, very dramatic win against Aston Villa. Um, I had one of the lads in the office who is a Villa fan teasing me on Twitter just before it all went down. And I was very, very satisfied walking into the office this morning. I also had Tottenham with a big 3-1 win against Brighton City demolishing Bristol City. Chelsea doing what Chelsea do, Everton getting it over Liverpool, and then Manchester United, Karen, bringing down your weekend a little bit. Once nah, again, Leicester showing us what they're made of this season, 1-1. I didn't think it was actually going to bring down your weekend. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and once again, like I feel like the story here isn't so much United as it is Leicester. Could you imagine like the amount of times that we said last season that they were going to probably get relegated? And here they are. I think they're second in the table. Now I think City well, we did say them. last season that we enjoyed watching them more than some of the other teams mm-hmm. and now it's just clicking a little bit better and mm-hmm. obviously signing lights had gone permanent was huge I think for them um, yeah they're very they're they're decent like they're decent they're, I don't think they're going to be involved in the relegation scrap at all no and I think what we said about them last season was that, like you said they're fun to watch you felt like they had a few exciting players, exciting talents in there. I'd say getting like on the full term contract was really important. They just needed to solidify themselves a little bit. And it seems like they've done that, Emma. I mean, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I I do think it is a goalkeeping thing. I'm going to crack on about the goalkeeping thing. But um, I actually interviewed Leipzig uh, before the season started and I was saying, like, you basically kept Leicester up last season. I think that, I believe that. And she's like, no, no, of course no. And then when the interview finished, uh, somebody who works closely uh, with her was like, you're right, she did. 
It was her. (laughs) And that's no disrespect to the players. They had to fight and fight very, very hard for it. Um, But I do think she's a massive, massive, uh, you know, advantage for them. But I just think in general, they, they just seem to, as you say, all work together. They work very, very well together. Um, I just think defensively, they're just more organized. Uh, it's very, very difficult to break them down. And I think with the new sign-ins, like, you know, with, with Cayman coming in there, I think she just strengthens that through the center. I think through the spine there, they were struggling a little bit. And I think when they lost um, Ruby Mace back to City, I thought, oh, that's that's such a shame because she was a big player for them. But, you know, they signed players, they brought players in uh, and it's, it's just made them stronger. And I, I don't think they're going to have a problem this season at all. I think they're going to actually cause a lot of problems for a lot of teams. And you just it's just a team that you don't want to play against. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I also think this do. game showed where what the difference between United and possibly the other top three teams is, is that United aren't as ruthless. You know, I just I just think they've messed up already. Like I know they've Champions League. Um I think the Champions League has completely thrown them off uh that the WSL to be quite honest. I think that's been on their mind. Uh you can't afford to play like welcome to the Champions League. Like you cannot afford to play uh a lesser team or not your strongest team in the league. There's no team you can play against. Okay. My, maybe a Bristol City, I'm sorry to say, but maybe a Bristol City you can play some of the players that haven't been playing. I don't want to say it in any other way, but you might give them minutes. But other than that, you can't afford to do it. And you have to take it game by game. And yes, you've got a massive game on Wednesday, but you just you just can't afford to do it. And my idea would be to go in, get some goals at the start, and then try to rest some of those players that you want to rest. But you have to get the job done first. And if it doesn't work out and you're hanging on till the end and you manage to get a 1-0 and those players are, have played 90, well, then you deal with that problem after it. But for me, I think it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. doesn't make sense either in the context of how Leicester have started their season. You know, I know it's only been two games, but they've been one of the most impressive teams in the league. You know, they were sitting pretty top of the table going into the game it feels very short-sighted to and I know like obviously having played them last year they'll have a certain view of them but you could surely see that there's been a massive leap in how the team are approaching things in between the two so yeah I, I agree with what you're saying Emma. I do think the Champions League has thrown them a bit and I know it's difficult going in and getting someone like PSG first off the bat but like sure City had to go up against Real Madrid you know like it keeps happening Arsenal went out to Paris FC who like then had that complete thriller with Wolfsburg where they had six goals throughout the whole match you know this is why you build a deeper squad and I think Karen you said it a couple of times about the United squad last season that the depth was one of the things that you were slightly worried about in terms of who's coming in or who's coming through to keep building on the progress that we've seen over the last couple of seasons yeah, and I still think in midfield, like there's there's not much options to to tinker with it. So you have to stick with your your strongest two, and if it means that their legs run out at a certain point, like Emma said, you deal with it then. But I think that's a problem area. Um, and then obviously the fact that they're in front of goal, not as prolific as they should be um, for a top top team, um, and that was 
Yeah, it's two points lo- dropped at home to Leicester this early in the season is a, is a big deal and it should be seen as a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. Credit to Leicester or whatever, but if Man United have real designs on be- being consistently part of the title race talk or challenge, um, they can't afford to be doing things like that. Mm. No, definitely not. And especially if they want to have um, Champions League football next season again as well. Somehow I feel like they're not going to win the whole thing. But uh, they, they've had, they had their chances, though. I just want to say they did create stuff. They did have chances. Yeah. And this is where we talk about Leipzig. She did. She was amazing. Um, so so that was a positive, but just not that killer instinct. Just just not clinical. And And those are the games that you have to be like deadly in front of goal. Um, and it was, I would say it was two points dropped, you know, from their point of view, they just didn't perform. Mm. And then we had the late shocker at the Emirates. Uh, I said at the start of the show, but there was a while where I was like, maybe we just shouldn't play here anymore. It seems like a place that's only bringing me pain. But then our one and only Katie McCabe popped up, got her classic strike. And then Alessia Russo getting her first ever goal in the league for Arsenal, which is very good to see because I really think once she gets firing a little bit, it's something that she can build on. But um. Kind of seeing similar problems at Arsenal as we've seen already at the start of the season. Like I saw a stat from Opta earlier that in the Liverpool game, they had 39 crosses, which was like a league record. And then they had 50 crosses in this game and only 12 of those were accurately placed, which isn't a great return. (laughs) No, but like that's that is how they play they like to get the ball wide and they like to put it in the box so are we talking about accurate crosses or are we talking about players runs in the area mm. like if you know somebody's going to get on the ball and they're going to put the, the the ball in the box you have to get players in the box yes we can talk about okay maybe not put as many crosses in maybe try try to play through the center um but if like i like a team that get wide and put it in i, I quite like that but you're talking about then can you commit players to get into the area and make those runs and and be a little bit more aggressive in the box like he dropped the two wide players from the first game against Liverpool i don't know why because we ask your wide players to get on the ball and get the ball in the box it's what they did and then he dropped it for me it's consistency i as a player you want consistency you Obviously, you want to play, so you don't want to be consistently on the bench. But I mean, when you're on the pitch, you want to play with the same players. You get to know each other. You certainly want to play with the same goalkeeper and defence. And that hasn't happened in the three games. Yeah, so, I was surprised that Beattie was actually very good against United. She can't play every game. This is the problem. Yeah. But the fact that they're worried that that Jen Beattie can't play every game is, is a problem because... Yeah. The season, last season, she wasn't playing at all. She was coming on and they were chucking her up front. They have to put her in because they're not comfortable with their two cent, any centre backs they have at the te- at the club. So they're putting Jen in there, who's been the most consistent, and she can't play every game. So this is going to be a problem. Like for me, I just don't think I I don't think he still doesn't he just doesn't know his his strongest eleven. And okay, so what was um, the six changes last week, and then reverted kind of and made five changes this week I think he's including been the goalkeeper really, including the centre back really lucky he's he's been the luckiest manager so far 
if you ask me, because he's got an amazing squad there, a team that should be winning this league for me and who should be absolutely in the Champions League, which I don't think we have spoken enough about. But to come in and to change that team, so like the six changes and then to get that that result, you know, they, they should have lost that. Well, they they could have easily lost. I won't say should have, but they could have easily um, lost that game against United. And then the fingers would have been pointed at him again. You made those changes because it didn't work. It, it didn't really work, did it? And then against, you know, against Aston Villa, it wasn't working either. We're, they're not playing that fluid football that we're used to. So I just think find your your strongest team, give them the confidence. You can't be taking players off that you're trying to give confidence to. Um, and don't swap them around. Because the biggest question was, do you not trust your goalkeeper? That Zinsberger's sitting on the bench thinking, he doesn't trust me. And then everybody else is asking you, do you not trust her? You obviously don't trust her. And then D'Angelo makes this big mistake. So he's thinking, I have to put Zinsberger back in. Like, he's he's very lucky that it's worked out. That's all I'm saying. What do you think it is that has made him so uncertain this season? You know, we kind of talked about United and how it seems like they're feeling the pressure of the Champions League a little bit. Like, Inaval doesn't even have the pressure of the Champions Maybe like that's Maybe that's made him question the team he's putting out and stuff. But even in those early fixtures, we were seeing similar sort of changes. Last season, he wasn't the sort that was putting in these like wholesale changes to half the squad every other game. So what has changed this year? Like, I don't think you can say that they've made signings that are massive enough or like there's enough consistency in the signings to have so many changes so constantly because the big thing for Arsenal was the fact that they hammered down those contract extensions for several of the main starters on the team. I think he I think he struggled in the Champions League and I don't think time and helped him after the World Cup. I think that was a really difficult period to come from the World Cup and then go straight into that game. I think he underestimated Paris. Um and and that was the problem when you see he brought three players on in the second half thinking that was going to change. It was too late. So that was the first initial problem. And I think he's just been trying to catch up on that. Who is the best team? He's got a lot of players in this squad that will be demand, not demanding, but expecting to play. And that's the problem. Like he, I feel like he was choosing some players because of the players, not the formation he wanted to play. I think he was changing formation to suit the players who he wanted to play and not really the game itself, like who he needed to play and the team they were playing and how they could hurt and penetrate the the opposition. And I think that's going to be his problem for the rest of the season because there's going to be players that are very going to be very unhappy in that team that are big, big, big players. So that's going to be a problem for him, definitely. The goalkeeping situation is a problem and he made that clear that he wanted a new goalkeeper that he doesn't want the, the two goalkeepers that are there. He certainly doesn't want to start them. And then it fell through. So I just think it's just been handled a little bit poorly, to be quite honest. And you have to think about that. If I'm not going to get Mary Earps, if I'm not 100%, I'm getting Mary Earps, then I don't want her. I want to put my confidence. If I can't get anyone else, I have to give my keepers confidence because he's got these he's got these keepers at least till Christmas. Like the league will be won and lost by then if if they lose points. So mm. I just think it was an all round thing, whether they were his decisions or whether somebody above him, I don't know. Um, but things could have been done a little bit more 
delicately. Oh, definitely. And I think it's also probably a symptom of the fact that there were so many eyes on Mary Earps this summer and there's obviously a lot more media attention. So there are people getting more like source stories about people going, but the definitely a situation that they needed to keep a lot more in-house than they actually did. Like they did with this contract extension, which surprised everyone. And then we've had some interesting results since then. Um, Manchester City absolutely demolishing Bristol 5-0. Are we seeing the champions for this season being born in front of us Karen's like slowly nodding her head she's like as a fellow champion nodding yes. my head like they nodded in those five goals. I don't know what champions look like <laughs> um, come join my champion crew yeah they're they're impressive um, they can score a lot of different types of goals but like to be that clinical from headers like like I said their movement was obviously very good I don't know what the stats are compared to Arsenal like but when they were putting their crosses in they had people getting on the end of them um so well again, I think they both had similar numbers of shots on target it was like between 24 and 26 for the two of them Arsenal or sorry shots on goal Arsenal had four on target and City had 12 there you go again we're playing Bristol but still like slightly different <laughs> yeah, I mean they had to go out and do a job but it was a an easy one for them and they probably should have scored more goals and pushed on but in the second half but can't really complain about five goals and obviously getting Bunny Shaw back in from the start and like I say I, I really like Mary Fowler I love watching her in the World Cup so I'd like to see her solidify that place because uh, I think she brings a lot to them Yeah I mean last season again it was a manager that was chopping and changing a lot like there wasn't much consistency there and I think that the players' performance showed that they weren't consistent themselves. And obviously there were some new players. This is the season. Um, we thought he might have been lucky to get another contract there, considering how they did. He got his new contract. Maybe this was a good thing from the club. Maybe it was very clever because this is the season that he has the players that he wants. They're all his players. And he has he had the preseason. They're totally mixed into the club. So like, you know, they're 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 comfortable. And I think it's showing. And I think he's got a really good squad to choose from. And I thought I was kind of wondering why he signed Jill Ward, to be honest, because for me, decent player, like, but probably wouldn't have been a player I would have like broke my neck for to get but actually she's doing really well and she looks like exactly the player he needs but again he has players on the bench that are going to be wanting to play and he's he's quite brave actually making the decisions because you have Dana Castellanos who was start who started the first game and who did really really well and who has been benched now and that's how it's looking it's looking like she's going to be on the bench so it's a big player to put on the bench and a really good player Ellie Roebuck again this for me could be the problem because as, as much as I like Kyra Keating, I do like her as a goalkeeper. I don't think she has enough experience. I don't think she's there yet. She hasn't been tested yet, but I think when they come to the big clubs, this is where they're going to be targeting. And I would be a little bit worried about that position when they play against the bigger teams, the likes of Chelsea, who are very good in the air. Um, and Time will tell, but I think that is one of the question marks he'll be having. But again, it's all about player management for him as well. 
A quick word as well for the Merseyside Derby, Everton getting the win over Liverpool and ending their very nice unbeaten streak um, to start off the season. We mentioned it before, great to see Courtney Brosnan on the pitch, Heather Payne as well having a great game. And Emma, like you were saying, it's great to see her kind of being vocal and, you know, saying what she felt and communicating well. For Liverpool, difficult results to take considering how they had started the season themselves and Leicester City were sitting pretty at the top of the table. Difficult because they had a goal disallowed as well. That that mm. shouldn't have been like that's. I think. Yeah, it wasn't offside. Not no, I don't think it was offside. I think she was just onside. I think. Oh, I don't know if VAR would have actually made that <laughs> the right decision <laughs> there, but I think she was just onside, just by the lines on the pitch. Um, and I think Matt Beard, if they'd have scored that, they would have went on to win it because mm-hmm. I actually thought. They they edged it a little bit. But I do, you have to talk about Heather Payne's performance. I thought she was absolutely excellent. I was so happy for her because, you know, they do play a lot down the left. I think I think Cher- Sherry Holland has had an, a really good start for Liverpool mm-hmm. and they targeted that, that their left-hand side, which was um, where Heather Payne was on her right. And I thought she played excellent. I just thought she was really good. Uh, good game, similar similar teams. Yeah, it was it was pretty evenly matched. Um, what yeah. I saw anyway, like, but yeah, Liverpool probably had the better of the chances, but they're pretty even, I would say. Um, Everton obviously hit the Liverpool cross. definitely did. I think Everton just like dug in and they were yeah. like, right, we're gonna do this. It's, it could like I think Evan said it earlier. It could be a turning point for Everton. Mm. Hope because um, they shouldn't be dropping some of the points that they are dropping. Um, so. Like you say, it could just be down to the goalkeeper. Everything. <laughs> Hopefully, Heather Payne as well. If they do do a bit of a run, Cause like I think we so forget. Let's just to say find... it's down to the Irish. Okay, yeah. it's down to yeah. the Irish. <laughs> we can take that. Well, I think it's going to be interesting because, like, you forget that Heather's just finished college and has been like playing collegiate football and is now coming into you know the WSL. Because in our minds we've just always seen her as a pro player and someone who like has done amazing things for Ireland and she's still very early in her career. And I think that's also something that we forget sometimes. I think even the fact that she's starting is incredible because we've seen so many players go and then they don't get a game and they have to go elsewhere and the the standard that they go to drops as well. Um, So for her to be starting in a WSL team, her first year out of college, it's an incredible feat by her and it shows the trajectory that her career is going and how committed she is to it. So I just think fair play to her. Yeah, hopefully it uh, brings her on for the Irish side as well because we can only take more and more experience and skill coming into their squad. Um, And definitely players who are getting regular league time, we definitely don't have enough of those, I don't think. Um, So we will always take more as they're coming. Karen and Emma, thank you very, very much as always. And of course, Karen, massive congratulations. We will do it all again and celebrate you when you actually have a trophy in your hand and we'll post from every account that we have how proud of you we are and the like but very happy that we're not sitting here with a sad Karen because as I said before we don't like that we don't like that uh, the Koi Gate Pod on Off The Ball is sponsored by Cadbury official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team we'll be back next week and we will also be looking ahead to the Ireland game uh, they play next Friday the squad is announced I think it's 10 o'clock uh, 10 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday so we'll get to see who Emma's been picking out on her little board of like who's in the squad and who's not and yeah we will have all the reaction as per usual thank you very much for listening 
The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team.